favorite story of mine called The Field of Brotherly Love. It begins with two brothers, farmers, who tilled the field they had inherited from their father. The brothers, the story tells us, loved each other dearly. So I am going to retell this story in a moment. Um, but first, drawing from this week's Torah portion, Chukat, I'm going to take the poetic license to inject a prequel into the narrative. As the Israelites are getting closer to the promised land, Moses sends messengers to the king of Edom asking for permission to peaceably pass through the land. Israel's leader begins by invoking the familial ties between Israel and Edom. Thus says your brother Israel and continues enumerating all of the trials and tribulations that have befallen Israel, from famine to slavery in Egypt to finally being freed by God's almighty hand. Moses appeals to the Edomite king as brother, indeed because they are descendants of twin brothers, Jacob and Esau. Moses is careful not to threaten the Edomites, rather to appeal to their conscience. The king refuses their request outright. When a dome goes out against Israel in heavy force and strongly armed, Israel simply turns away and seeks another route to the promised land. So why is it, why is it that the king of Edom denies Moses' reasonable request? And why can't the Edomites exhibit compassion? Well, sadly, as we all know, old grudges don't die easily. As Bible scholar Rabbi Shai Held notes, the messengers sent to the king of Edom are connected in language to the messengers our patriarch Jacob sent to his twin brother Esau. In this case, Jacob had good reason to fear his brother Esau. Jacob, we will remember, through a cold and conniving heart, hoodwinks and steals Esau's hereditary birthright and his father's blessing. The rabbis cite the king of Edom's callousness towards the Israelites as vengeance, as vengeance for what Jacob had done to Esau those generations before. And the Edomites, we may recall, trace their lineage to none other than Esau. Old grudges die hard. Our biblical story understands human nature only too well, breaking the generational cycle of violence between nations, siblings, 
even twins, is the age-old mission of the Jewish people. The book of Deuteronomy, knowing well the history that has preceded, explicitly commands us, you shall not abhor an Edomite, for he is your brother, and you shall not abhor an Egyptian, for you were a stranger in his land. And now, the retelling of our story, a retelling that you've only heard a snippet so far. There were two brothers, farmers, who tilled the field they had inherited from their great, great, great grandmother and grandfather. The younger brother was a single parent with one child, living at one end of the field. The other brother lived with his wife and four children at the other end of the field. The brothers grew up hearing stories from their parents, aunts and uncles, cousins, about their family dysfunction over the generations. Nobody trusted anyone. It was always the other's fault. The family land over the years seemed to bear the grudge that was carried from one generation to the next. That is, until these two brothers. They were determined to break the mold. Together, they plowed, planted, and harvested their wheat and shared equally the fruits of their labor. One night during the harvest, the younger brother, after tucking in his child, lay down to sleep, but his thoughts were troubled. Here I am, he said to himself. It's just my daughter and me. I have just two mouths to feed and two people to clothe, but my brother and sister-in-law, they have so much more of a burden on their hands. Is it right that we share the harvest equally? He needs so much more than us. So at midnight, he arose, took a peek in his daughter's room to be sure she was sound asleep, took an armful of sheaves from his crop, carried them to his brother's storehouse, and left them there. Then he hurried home for more. That same night, the older brother also could not sleep. He was thinking about his younger brother. Here I am, he thought, surrounded by my family. When I grow old, I've got a much bigger family to take care of me. What will happen to my brother in his old age? It's not right to leave that burden to his daughter. He needs, his needs are so much greater than mine. So he arose and took an armful of sheaves to his brother's storehouse, knowing that it just isn't fair to divide the crop equally. He placed them in his warehouse, and he hurried home for more. Each brother 
upon returning to his storehouse, was bewildered. There was just as much grain as had been there before he had taken some away. Wondering how that could be possible, each man filled his arms with another load of sheaves and journeyed back across the field. And so it continued all night long, each brother giving to the other, but neither, neither noticing the other in the darkness. Well, the first glimpse of light began to appear on the horizon. Only then, only then while crossing the field on the way to the other storehouse, did the brothers finally see the other in the shadows. Suddenly they understood and they dropped their sheaves and embraced, weeping with gratitude and happiness. Together, together they spontaneously recited, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad, Baruch Shem Kavod Malchuto, Le'olam Va'ed. And since that day, since that day, Jews know exactly what time to recite the Shema each morning. It's when there is just enough light to see your brother, your sister, your spouse, your friend, your neighbor, the stranger in our midst. Imagine, imagine how different the world would be choosing to cast away old grudges, letting go of spending precious time and energy hurting another person. Instead, Judaism invites us to cultivate our own fields of love, empathy, compassion, humility, and forgiveness to see the other in a new, more forgiving light. When we see the divine light in the other, that's the time to greet God each morning. Shabbat shalom. Shalom.